0: Uh, today we're in part two of a, of a spiritual growth initiative that we're calling Dream Builder. We're just really trying to unpack what it really means to live out God's dream for our lives. And man, I'm just excited because I, I'm really praying that God will just use this uh, series of messages and the questions and the conversations through our life groups in the coming weeks to dream new dreams, to to have bigger God-sized visions for your life and for your future and you know maybe that's a a dream for you and for your family your marriage it could be maybe just something that you've always desired to want to pursue a, a dream that you just really sense that God's placed inside of your heart and maybe just have not maybe had the courage to step out in faith or maybe you've always questioned or wondered you know is this really my dream or is this maybe God's dream that he really does have for my life and that's really at the heart of what we're talking about today we're we're learning and really trying to unpack and clarify specifically from God's word the difference between our dream and God's dream but before I share that with you I think it would only be fitting for the fact that many of us, as, you know, we've been talking about and and, uh, are excited about, you know, obviously there's a big game tonight, over a hundred million people estimated to watch the Super Bowl. And when you think about it, it's it's just, it's it's a spectacular event Nothing quite like it in all places in Las Vegas. So, you know, here they are, you know, playing on on the biggest stage for, you know, one particular moment. And, you know, as you can only imagine, think about it. I mean, if you are a football player, maybe, you know, somebody who's associated with the sport, it doesn't matter what role they play. You know, I mean, when you think about all things connected to the Super Bowl you know, it probably would be considered to be kind of the pinnacle of one's career. It's that shining moment. It's that, it's that stage. It's that, it's that opportunity to participate in something of that magnitude. And when you think about a dream, and you think about maybe some of these players who, you know, for their whole life have worked towards this very moment, you know, to participate in an opportunity like the Super Bowl. You might say that that is ultimately living a person's dream. And when you think about it, some of these people, they've put their whole life into it. They've, they've dedicated everything they have. They've used their abilities, their talents. They, they've sacrificed so much to get to this pinnacle moment. And so I think we would all agree to the fact that, you know, if someone is playing in the Super Bowl, if someone is at that kind of, you know, height of their career, then, you know, you would probably say that is someone living their dream. And chances are, I think we would all agree that, yes, that could be true. But here's something that I want to challenge today. One of the things that I think is important for us to realize is that there is a difference between our dream and God's dream for our life. What I mean by that is really understanding what it means to live God's dream or our dream. I like to put it this way. There are two questions in life that I believe every person should ask. Number one is this. Who am I living for? And number two, what am I living for? Think about that. Who am I living for? I'm either living for myself or am I living for Christ? Am I living a self-directed life or am I living a Christ-directed life? What am I living for? Am I living for the here and now? Am I living for the temporary success of life? Or am I living for the eternal impact that God wants me to have in and through my life there's a big difference between my dream and God's dream and I think it's important that we realize that there's nothing wrong with achieving great levels of success and nothing wrong with being the Super Bowl champ nothing wrong with holding up the MVP trophy and saying you're the best of the best nothing wrong with that they their dreams are being fulfilled but Here's something I believe God desires and that is something far greater. Something far greater than a Super Bowl trophy or an MVP trophy. I believe God wants us to have trophies in heaven. I believe God wants us to have something far greater that's going to have a far greater implication and ripple effect throughout all eternity than just the here and now. And the only way we can have that, the only way we we can experience that is to get in on God's dream for our life. And so when you think about it, if I am a football player and God just so happens to gift me with the talents and the skill sets and the athletic, you know, abilities to, to achieve great levels of success, and my desire is to use those gifts that I know that God has given me and those abilities that God has given me and to leverage that and to become the very best that I am possibly able to become in the sport of football. But my motivation and my drive is to do it so that God gets glory through me and through my influence and through my impact I'm able to allow other people through my platform and through the stage that God has given me to point people not to me but to the person who's living inside of me that's greater greater than me that's pointing to the person of Jesus Christ that's the difference And so what I want to do today for a few moments is to help you understand, once again, who am I living for? and What am I living for? Because here's what the Apostle Paul reminds us in Acts 20, verse 24. Acts 20, verse 24, he said it this way. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for the finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. I was literally captivated this week. I've sent it to my kids. I've, you know, been talking to Michelle about it because, um, quite frankly, I haven't really been that engaged in the Super Bowl. As you can see, I'm wearing a Dallas Cowboys fan. So I'm not a big Chiefs fan. Michelle, she's a Chiefs fan. Her dad... I was born in Kansas City, a big Chiefs fan and I'm like, okay, so what? I don't you know, I don't, I don't I don't care about the I don't care about the Chiefs. But I definitely didn't care about the San Francisco 49ers. I'm still got a chip on my shoulder because of the Joe Montana and you know the the uh, you know the, the the heartbreaker in the Super Bowl back in the day. But Anyway, I won't go there. So, anyway, point is is I was intrigued by the story of the young quarterback rookie quarterback Brock Purdy, who's the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. I honestly didn't never heard of the dude, didn't know anything about him, didn't know anything about his story. And then I happened to see an Instagram about this guy's story. And here's what's amazing about this guy is the fact, and, 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 and respectfully, you know, there are sold out believers on both sides. So there are sold out Christians on the Kansas City Chiefs team and there's sold out Christians on, you know, the San Francisco 49ers team. So like I said, in all fairness and all due respect, there are great believers. Now the secular media always doesn't let you know that. But if you follow some of the the really solid Christian media that put the spotlight on the, the move of God that's happening in professional sports across the country, it's really encouraging. And they were putting the spotlight on I uh, brought Purdy in uh, this particular video clip that I'm going to show you here in just a few moments. But let me give you a little backstory because many of you may not realize realize this, and some of you may not really even care. But I want to share it with you anyway because um, it, it was inspiring to me. Um, but here's what's amazing is that he didn't really even start playing organized tackle football until he was in high school. His parents had him play flag football, and because they didn't want him to get hurt. And so it was a brand new school. He grew up in Arizona, a brand new school that just opened his inaugural year. And so he played, went out and tried out for the football team, made it. And of course, you know, after he uh, graduated from high school, he had an opportunity, uh, not a lot of opportunities, but he had a opportunity to play for a team called Iowa State. Now that's not like, you know, you know, you play Iowa State, that's kind of like, you know, that's the leftovers, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it, you know, I mean, hopefully nobody's from Iowa State here. But anyway, I mean, you know, it's just like, that's not like primetime football, you know what I'm saying? I mean, Iowa State. So here he is playing for Iowa State. And it just so happened that he was good enough to, to get, you know, uh, some attention. So here he is now putting himself out there uh, to be eligible for the NFL draft. There are 262 players that actually get called in the NFL draft. If you happen to, I don't even know this, but if you happen to be the very last pick, the 262nd player picked in the NFL draft, all the other 261 players that they parade onto the stage, they put on their hat, and they hold up their jersey, all have their names on the jersey but not the 262nd pick. You know what they get? They get a hat and they get a jersey with the title, Mr. Irrelevant. Do you know that? You talk about a little humiliation (laughs) to know that you were the, the last pick in the draft, 262nd and you get the honor of wearing the label, Mr. Irrelevant. So here he is, third string quarterback. I mean, he's next to the water boy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this guy's getting no respect, no attention, no accolades about anything. Third string. And all of a sudden, his rookie year, first string quarterback gets hurt, goes down. They send in the second, you know, team quarterback. Second team quarterback gets injured, goes down. They're looking like the only person left is the water boy, so let's get this pretty guy in there third-string quarterback, suddenly throws into the field for the first time. He takes the team 10 consecutive games undefeated. Can some consider, listen to this, some could even consider the NFC championship game to be one of the greatest comebacks in NFL history. And here is a guy who's a rookie playing tonight for the game of his life fulfilling a childhood dream but his dream is far bigger and far greater than the super bowl and here's the reason why check out this
1: i mean honestly one of the things that you know i've been reading throughout the season was uh, mark eight thirty four 34 talks about jesus is telling his disciples if you want to follow me deny yourself take up your cross and follow me it also talks about um, if you try to hold on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you will save it. I think really that is just like I feel like the message of the whole season with all the stuff that had happened, coming in, playing, then having success, maintaining that success, getting to the playoffs and doing all these things that, you know, rookie quarterback hadn't really done in NFL history. And with myself and like my mindset with it was exactly that that verse that Jesus had told his disciples thousands of years ago. And I didn't want to grip on to this life of, oh my gosh, I'm in the NFL I have a starting quarterback role, I'm, you know, I, I can't lose it, that was, it was flipped, I was reminded, you know, um, what, what Jesus had tol- told us, don't try to hold on to your life, you're going to lose it, you know, and the world wants you to go this way or that way, and uh, the, the minute you have fame, and if you're trying to chase status and money and all this kind of stuff, it will lose your life. Um, Rather than, you know, denying yourself, picking up your cross, keeping my eyes on Jesus and his promises um, through that. Like that's, that's life and that's life worth living. And that's how you save your life. And that's in Christ.
0: Wow. So if you want to know the difference between living your dream and living God's dream, he just basically said it in a nutshell. Because it's not about my life Because if we are all about our life, then we're going to eventually end up losing it. If it's all for the here and now. But if we want to be willing to lose ourselves in order to gain what God desires in and through our lives. Then and only then can we really live and experience and have true life. The life of abundance and the life of eternal impact. And so today I want to help you dream some God-sized dreams. And today I want to help you maybe just in your heart of hearts kind of just stir up something that maybe you've been praying through maybe you've been talking about maybe you've always just dreamed of or pondered and you've always wondered is this my dream or is it God's dream and can God use me can God do something with me and through me at this stage or season or place in my life to make a difference that God wants to make in me and through me because one of the things that we learned last week is this is that Dreams and and faith are really one and the same because our dreams are a declaration of our faith. It requires faith to step out and pursue our dream. And like we unpacked last week, there, there are basically six phases of faith that we will encounter. And we encounter the dream it's the idea it's the vision it's the it's the desire we we step out and we pursue that that's the decision and the moment we encounter that decision and we step out and do it and pursue it then all of a sudden often we're met with delays and not only do we encounter the delays cuz God's dream just doesn't happen overnight sometimes there's a waiting season but as we're waiting we will also encounter the difficulties Because God is positioning us he's preparing us what is he doing he is growing our character preparing us ultimately to fulfill whatever it is that he has put in our hearts to fulfill he's got to get us ready and God will align situations and circumstances and people but in the difficulties of life sometimes we even will encounter the dead ends when we begin to question or second guess, am I in the will of God? Am I doing the right thing? Is this really what God wants me to do? And just before you want to throw in the towel and quit because of the hardship and the difficulties and the trials and the challenges that go with it, what does God do? God delivers. God opens doors. He makes a way where there doesn't even appear to be a way. That literally is that young man's story. He is in his early 20s and he's experienced the dream all the way down to the literally to the dead end to the deliverance where the two players before him were unfortunately, you know, taken down due to the injuries. And then here is this moment for such a time as this that God elevates somebody to a position to be able to do something so that he can be in a microphone opportunity so that he can give glory to God so that Mr. Irrelevant all of a sudden becomes relevant in the fact that you know what there's something bigger and something greater than I'm living for and his name is Jesus so God wants to take whatever it is that you have in your heart that you may see as irrelevant to becoming relevant in the fact that God wants to use you to be a difference maker. And you think, well, Rodney, I appreciate the inspiration and the motivation, but I'm in the fourth quarter of my life. I needed this sermon 25, 30 years ago. Well, let me just share something with those of you here in the room that I believe is so true. It is never too late to dream God sized dreams. Let me tell you something. God is Bigger than anything you could possibly even imagine. In fact, you know, in the book of Acts, listen to this. When the early church was birthed, and man, God is on the move in the early church. And in Acts 2, verse 17, it says, And and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men will dream dreams. Come on, somebody. So it's never too late to dream big dreams for God. I don't care who you are, where you are, how old you are, it doesn't matter. In fact, let me just share this with you. In fact, Michelle and I, a couple years ago, we went on a leadership retreat with a group of pastors and their spouses and um, got to spend about 48 hours with a gentleman who's been a mentor of mine, and inspiration of mine. He's kind of a leadership guru, a guy by the name of Dr. Sam Chan. And I'll never forget, in the opening session, he was talking about the importance of your legacy and the importance of the season of where you are at this given moment in your life. And he was talking about hitting the prime of your life. Now listen to this, this is encouraging. He was talking about, as a leader, he feared and his greatest concern was for young leaders to experience success too early and he said the reason why he has a concern for that is because so often they have to carry the burden of their cross longer in order to sustain the level of success that they achieved early. He said unfortunately that's the reason why so many of them peak out and burn out is because they experience success too early. He said, but when people hit their 50s and their 60s, that is when they're actually at their prime to make maximum impact with their life. He said, because the runway is much shorter in your ability to actually sustain and build momentum. I'm thinking, man, I like what this guy's talking about. I'm just getting started. I'm just getting jacked up for what God's about to do and not only that listen to this according to the New England Journal of Medicine most leaders don't start to peak in their careers until their mid-50s and listen this the most productive years in a person's life is between 60 and 70 years of age the second most productive is 70 and 80 years of age, and a third most productive are in their 50s and 60s. Listen to this. The average age of the Nobel Peace Prize winners, the average age is 63. The average age of the President of the United States, except for Joe Biden. <laughs> the average age of the President of the United States, ready, ready for this, is 63. The average age for being a pope is 76. So if you're in your 60s and you want to achieve a Nobel Peace Prize or you want to be the President of the United States or you want to be the pope, hey, you're in good company. So I just want to say all that to say it's never too late to start dreaming God-sized dreams. So whether you're just getting started or maybe you're in the fourth quarter and the season of life and you're thinking, well, man, I don't know about this whole dream thing. Well, let me just share something with you. The Bible says in Ephesians 3 verses 20 and 21, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. Let me tell you something. There is nothing more important after coming to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior than understanding and knowing and living out God's dream for your life. Why is that? Because in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, the scripture says it this way, for I know, God says, I know the plans I have for you. And they are plans for good and and, and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. So there are two things that we learn for that. Number one is this, that God's dream for your life, listen to this, is personal. Why? Because he says, I know the plans that I have for you. So therefore, That means that God has a dream for your life that is unique to you. It is personal. It's practical. And not only that, it is custom made. God made you to fulfill that dream that he's placed inside of you. Number two is this. Not only is God's dream for us personal, but you got to understand that he has shaped us and he's molded us to fulfill that assignment that he's given to us. That only we can fulfill. So what we're going to be unpacking today through an assessment we're going to be giving folks in our starting point. Our step two of our starting point. And what we're going to do is we're going to walk through something known as a shape. It's the shape of who God has made us to be. In other words, he gives us spiritual gifts. He gives us the heart, the passion, the desire. He he gives us the abilities he gives us a unique personality. Today we're going to discover five specific personality traits that one of us all fall into. We will have a combination of those. And then not only does he give us unique personalities, but listen to this. He also gives us Experiences. So there are things in our lives, in our past, good, bad, ugly, everything in between, success, everything. He has allowed us exposure. He's put us in places. He has surrounded us with people. We've walked through situations and circumstances. We have lived through certain things in our lives that equate to experiences, and God takes All of that. And what does he do? He shapes us. He makes us. He molds us. He, listen, he designs us so that we are positioned to do the very thing that he has called us to accomplish on this side of heaven. So you got to realize that, hey, not only is it personal and not only has he shaped you to accomplish that, but that is something that is unique to you. Because, listen, only you can fulfill that. Because there's not another you on planet earth. Never has been, never will be. You are uniquely a one of a kind. And so we have to understand that. So not only is God's dream personal for our lives, but listen to this, God's dream is positive. I love that. And the fact that he says, I know the plans that I have for you. And then he goes on to say, they are dreams, they are plans, they are visions, they are desires in our heart. Listen, they are good for a future and a hope so that means that God's plan and purpose his dream that he wants you to live out and fulfill in and through your life on this side of heaven is a good plan it is a good purpose it is a good dream because it is designed just for you to fulfill man that ought to get you excited that ought to inspire you well guess what today we're going to unpack how to discover God's dream for our life and so if you take a notes, I encourage you to jot down a few of these things number one is this and we're going to take it in the form of the word dream the D stands for dedicate my life to God dedicate my life to God you know going back to the young man Brock Purdy that we referenced a few moments ago it's interesting that a young man like him has discovered early in his life, at the front end of his life and his future, his career, everything, is that he realizes very quickly, it's not about me. It it, it is not my life because if it's all about me and I'm worried about trying to save and hang on to it, then I'm ultimately going to lose it. But if I'm willing to give up my life in order to serve God, then I'm ultimately going to find it. And so we have to come to that place in the same way where it's not about me, it's about God. And we have to dedicate our lives to him. Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 says it this way, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his service and pleasing to him. And this is your true worship that you should offer And then he goes on to say, do not conform yourselves to the standards of this world, but let God transform you inwardly by a complete change of your mind. Then you will be able to know the will of God, which is good and pleasing and is perfect. You know, one of the things that we learned in the last series called how to get fat was what? How to be faithful. Remember? Remember? We learned not only how to get faithful, but we learned how to make ourselves available. It's basically saying, God, here I am, use me. And ultimately being teachable so that once again, God grows our character. He makes us, he molds us, he shapes us, he prepares us and positions us to fulfill the assignment that he gives us. And one of the things that's important that we realize is that, listen, God doesn't want you to be an echo. He wants you to be a voice. You see, echoes are always trying to mimic somebody else. Repeat somebody else. Follow after somebody else's pattern. Conform to something or someone else. Or try to be what somebody else wants you to be or thinks you should be. That's conforming. Literally, the translation is fitting into a mold. God doesn't want you to fit into the mold of the world. God doesn't want you to try to squeeze into somebody else's dream or somebody else's plan or somebody else's agenda for your life. Instead, God wants you to be transformed from the inside out. In essence, what God wants you to do is to change the way you think you remember what he said in that video Brock Purdy he said I flipped the script he's shifting his perspective it's not about him it's about God and the same is true with us it's no longer my abilities and my talents and my ambitions and my dreams for my glory and for my success and for my fame and for my fortune no 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 it is I'm taking what God has given to me and I'm allowing God to work within me and through me to accomplish his plan for his glory. And so therefore, I got to get fat to do that. I got to be faithful, available and teachable along the way in order to do that. That is dedicating our lives to God. Michelle and I, we were talking with a um, Young mom the other night on the way home, and uh, she called Michelle, and we had her on speakerphone, and and she just wanted to give us a little answer to prayer, and just kind of a moment to celebrate, and here she was uh, going through a difficult season in her life, she lost her husband, she was a widow, three children, and... um, But she just continued to remain faithful and be patient and wait for God's best. And God brought just a godly man into her life and beautiful blended family situation. I had the joy and the honor of being able to uh, officiate their wedding and just seeing what God has done in them and through them as they've dedicated their lives to the Lord and they're wanting to put Jesus first in everything. And all of a sudden, here she was in law enforcement and that's how she lost her previous husband was through um, a tragic situation. And so here she was, a, a single mom, trying to raise, you know, three children, this widow, and questioning, you know, what's left for me? And her identity in many ways was, you know, being in law enforcement and, and through all the tragedy and all the things that she had seen and experienced and witnessed with her own eyes, being on the front line, especially in the undercover way that she did for many many years she basically thought my career is over and she called us to say guess what happened she said you know she said it's been in my my heart to pursue my education because I want to be able to help the next generation of law enforcement And she said, I want to be able to take my experiences and everything that I've learned through my career. And I want to be able to share those experiences with the next generation of law enforcement that's coming up. And she said, I feel like the best way for me to do that is in the classrooms. But she said, I don't have the qualifications on the educational side. And so she was questioning her ability and whether or not she could do it. And so she applied for the Ph.D. program at UCF very difficult to get into and she was telling us about how hard even the math section was she said I haven't been doing that kind of math in years and she said I was so afraid and so intimidated and she said to be honest with you she said I didn't even pass that section of the test but she said we've been praying and we've been believing God that this is God's dream for us and for me and she said, guess what? I got accepted into the PhD program at UCF to pursue the dream of law enforcement so that I can teach the next generation of law enforcement. And she was basically saying, only God could have done that. And I believe that when we dedicate our lives to God, I'm telling you, God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could think or even imagine. Imagine. God can do it in and through our lives. And it's so important that we don't give up on that. Number two is this. The R is reserve time alone with God. I love what Job said, the oldest book in the Bible. Job 37 verse 14. Pause a moment and listen and consider the wonderful things God does. Think about that for a moment. It's totally impossible for us to hear the voice of God and really understand his leading, his direction, his voice if we don't slow down long enough to listen. You know, the Bible is the only book you can read where the author of the book is present with you at all times. Now think about that. When you open up the word of God that is is alive, that's living and active, I'm telling you things happen. When you open up the word of God, God speaks through his word. And when God speaks and you're listening, kind of like Samuel when he went to Eli, And then ultimately, Eli reminded him, hey, next time you hear the voice, say these words. Yes, Lord, your servant is listening. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to open up our hearts, open up our ears, open up our minds to hear, to receive what it is that God has for us, his divine design, his divine assignment that he has for you And for me, the E is this, is evaluate our abilities. So Ephesians 2.10 says it this way, For we are God's masterpiece and he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So here's a question. When you think about your gifts, your personality, Your abilities, your experiences, everything that you've encountered in your life. When you think about those, here's the bigger question. Why do you think God allowed you to have those gifts? Why do you think God gave you those gifts? Why do you you think God allowed you to go through the experiences that you've gone through in your life? I'll tell you why. Because God wants you to use those abilities and those experiences for his purpose. To carry out the dream that he has for your life. And I just want to say this. There are a a myriad of abilities and experiences and gifts and strengths represented in this room. I mean, personalities, unique gifts that are represented in this room. And I just need you to understand that everything that you currently are doing I don't care if you're in working in technology listen if, if, if you work construction I don't care if you're in sales I don't care if you're an educator I don't care what your career path looks like what vocation you're currently involved in it doesn't matter what the vocation is you just need to understand that that is what you do but it doesn't necessarily reflect who you are you are a child you are a daughter of the most high God you are an ambassador of Jesus Christ He has called you to be an educator. He's called you to be in construction. He's called you to be in sales. He's called you to be in technology, not for your paycheck, but but so that you can be a light to advance the gospel and to impact lives and to draw people through the way you live to the person of Jesus Christ. So realize the fact that your gifts and your abilities and the talents that God has given you is bigger than your vocation. Your vocation just happens to be a platform that God wants to use in order for you to influence more people for Jesus Christ. And so we have to discover, okay, well, what exactly does that look like? 1 Peter 4.10 says that this way, God has given each of you some special abilities and be sure to use them to help each other. You know, some, listen to this, have certain abilities and some have specific spiritual gifts known as grace gifts in the area of generosity and giving. You say, what does that mean? People like Truett Cathy. You know what Truett Cathy said one time, he said, I'm in the chicken business so I can rescue orphans. That was his driving passion. That was the dream that he had for his life because he was so passionate about unwanted children, displaced children, that he decided to do something about it. But he knew he couldn't do much about it unless he had the financial resources in order to do it. So what did God do? God gave him the genius ability to be able to understand how to make chicken in such a way through, the, through the, the fast food industry that would set it apart and be successful so that he could leverage that in order to rescue more and more children that were displaced that didn't have homes. The list goes on and on. Of how God has used people who may not have been able to be the person to do X, Y, and Z, but God gifted them through success to write a check to take whatever that idea or that vision was from zero to 100 miles an hour because they were able to accelerate a vision based on the gift of giving that God used their gift to help accelerate something to become a reality. Does that make sense? So God uses all kinds of abilities in order to help one another. The A stands for associate with godly dreamers. So listen, if you want to dream God-sized dreams, then there's some things that you need to understand. Because dreams and discouragement have one thing in common. You know what they are? They're both contagious. And there is nothing more contagious than a dream, a God-sized dream for God. And nothing more contagious than being around somebody who's negative and critical and cynical and pessimistic about the dream. And so what I would encourage you to do is dream, but associate with other godly dreamers because you need to understand something about friendships. Friendships are never neutral. Friends are either inspiring you to pursue your dream or they're becoming a distraction and discouraging you from pursuing your dream. Friendships are either driving you and inspiring you to draw closer to Jesus, or they are becoming a distraction to cause you to drift further away from Jesus. And that's the reason why the scripture says, as iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another. That's the reason why we have something known as life groups. I think we've launched over 12 life groups. I wish we had about 50 of them that represented all kinds of things. But we're waiting for more and more people to say, hey, I have a dream for this. I have an idea for that. I bet there's some other people who share that same idea. I bet there's other people who share that same passion. That's called a life group. You get people who share something in common. You get people who share a common interest, a passion, a desire. And guess what? You mobilize that to encourage one another, support one another, pray for one another, and dream big dreams together for the glory of God. That's called a life group. Just so you know. So how do we do that? surround ourselves with people who will encourage our dreams listen to me husbands and wives encourage each other's dreams don't see it as competition don't be pessimistic don't be critical you can never do that or you're too old for that or your best days are behind you no 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 be unified together as a husband and a wife Listen, as a family, coming together. We were talking to our son last night. We were saying, Luke, keep pursuing your dream. Keep pursuing your, don't give up. Don't get discouraged. I'm telling you, life's too hard. There's too much competing, working against us. And let me tell you something. Oftentimes, the greatest single source of defeat in our lives are people. Listen, surround yourself by those who will pour gasoline on those dreams that will light a fire under those dreams to help you become all that God's called you to be, amen? It's so, life's too short. Man, let's make a difference for the glory of God with people who wanna make a difference for the glory of God. It's so, so important. The M stands for, and I'll close with this, and that is make our dreams public. Nothing happens until we start dreaming. Why? Because it is a declaration of our faith. According to your faith, Jesus said, it will be done unto you. So at some point, we have to realize that when we step out of the boat, which requires faith and it requires a decision to get out of the boat. But once we start walking on water, listen, that's when God shows up. That's when all of a sudden God is able to empower you to do what you could never ever do on your own. And I just want to encourage you, when you think about making your dream public, what that means is, is that, hey, at some point, you just got to get started. You just got to get started. You got to get out of the boat. You got to pursue whatever it is. No more procrastination. Another thing, it's so important that that you get the right people around you because that dream is going to attract people. Now, all of a sudden, people are going to get excited once you share what it is God's put in your heart to do. And then as you make your dreams public, what does it do? It releases the power of God. We have a big dream here at Rethink Life. And that dream is to have a place of our own. One of the things that fuels my dream so much to have a place of our own is the 39,000 students that live within a 13-mile radius from the property that we have on Narcusi Road. I just have a burden for the next generation. I'm deeply burdened for the next generation and for their families. Can I share a dream with you? And I want you to hold me accountable to this. Not only are we going to, by the grace of God and through the provision of God, because it's only going to be God that will allow us to actually build a place of our own because that is a God-sized dream. That is a dream much bigger far greater than anything, humanly speaking, <laughs> I'm capable of, you're capable of. Only God can do this because it's going to take many, many millions to do it. And not only that, here's the dream that God's put in my heart. I want to start a live podcast designed for parents of teenagers. Well, I do a weekly podcast live where I talk to parents who are walking through difficulties with their preteens, their teens, their young adult kids, but specifically those teenagers. So thankful for the kids that we have, our students that are meeting right now for some of our adult leaders that are investing and pouring into them. I wish we had a whole slew of adults back there and a whole slew of kids, but we're going to get there because I have a dream to expanding our reach and expanding our vision of even hiring more staff. We need more pastoral staff in our church. And one of those pastoral urgent needs that we have is student ministry. Why is that so important? Because 57 million young people known as Gen Z are spiritually lost but one out of every four have admitted that they have an interest in knowing more about God. I wanna have a place where the next generation can be reached, a place where hopes and dreams are being realized and fulfilled, where lives are being changed and transformed by the glory of God, by the hope that is found in Jesus Christ, where those who have been broken and bruised by their past can find new life and new beginnings and have a new future and a hope through Jesus Christ. I wanna see God take a, a group of people like you and I that can literally be a place that God uses to be a beacon of hope and a beacon of light to a world and to a community that's lost and in need of Jesus why can't that be us why can't when people drive by and see a place saying hey that's the place to change my life That's the place that restores broken people. That's the place that gives renewed hopes and dreams. That's the place where the next generation are finding Jesus. That's the next move of God. That's the place where people are re- thinking their lives because it's no longer me it is we and it's all about him for the glory of God to advance God's dreams in and through our lives so that more and more people can be reached and eternity will be changed forever because more and more people will be in heaven because of the God sized dreams being carried out in and through our lives so let it it start with us why not us why not here why not now such a time as this let's bow our heads together in prayer father we thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness today god thank you for your word thank you for the fact that it's alive it's active lord it speaks it guides it directs lord it shines light in the areas of darkness and confusion and uncertainty god thank you for lord your your word that gives hope and new meaning and fulfillment and purpose. God, thank you. The God your life plan. Your dreams, your blueprint for our lives are found in your word. Because we understand that your will is found in your word and your will is good, it's pleasing and it's perfect. So today, God, we just want to get in on what your will is for our lives, for the calling that you've placed within us, for the dream that you've put inside of our hearts. And Lord, we, li- we realize that if that dream has come from you, Lord, that dream can become a reality and that dream can truly make a difference. As we step out in faith, we pursue what you've placed in our heart to pursue, and realizing it's going to be hard, and it's going to be daunting and challenging, and there's going to be highs and lows, and sometimes we will even want to second guess and quit and throw in the towel. But Lord, we know that you will make a way when we don't even think it's possible. So Father, we pray that today that you will broaden our vision, that God you'll give us clarity, that Lord we'll, we will reserve. Time alone with you to, to ask you, God, to give us clarity. God, how can I make a difference? How can I make an impact in my workplace? Where you have me right, right now, God, how can I bloom where you have planted me? Whether it's in a hospital, in a nurse, as a nurse or a doctor, or whether it's in retail, whether it's in education or technology, wherever you have placed me, God, help me to bloom. To shine, to radiate where you have planted me. To use what you've given me to make an eternal difference in the lives of other people. If there are those here today who have never given their lives to Jesus, if you're watching today and you've never put your faith in Jesus, it all starts with knowing God. And you can invite Jesus today. You can invite God's one and only son, Jesus, to take up residence in your heart. To be your Lord and your Savior. If that's your need today, if you want to solidify that once and for all, just pray something like this. Just say, dear God, I come before you today admitting my sin to you, surrendering my life to you. And I'm inviting you to come into my life to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul today. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if you prayed that prayer, would you let me know by just holding up your hand high as a testimony to that, saying, yes, count me in. I I just prayed that prayer, and I'm ashamed to admit it. Anybody else? God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, we just affirm these we celebrate with these who just made life's greatest decision in their hearts those online god we just thank you for what you're doing in their hearts and i pray that today as we come close to you father that you would come close to us we pray this today in jesus mighty name amen and amen well thanks again for listening